the first Strategy Mob Summit table discussion featuring Raj Day, Dan Liska, Ralph Sherman, Neil Shaw, and moderated by Jason Harris. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our very first Strategy Mob table discussion. Today, guys, this is how uh, this is going to work. I have here four envelopes. All right, these envelopes have a dealership scenario. I will give you guys each of your envelopes. Everyone's gonna have the same scenario, but there's gonna be a series of strategies that we're gonna to have to develop here on the site. You guys have some pen and paper in front of you. You guys will get about five minutes uh, to kind of discuss among yourselves and make any notes, and then we will get right into the strategy. So Ralph, here is yours. Mr. Dan Liska. A good look at Mr. Neil Shaw and the oh so famous Raj Day. All right, guys, I will read out to your guys' uh, dealership scenario. So here we go. So we have ABC Motors. I'm sure you guys know who ABC Motors is. Um, yeah, I bet you there's probably an actual ABC Motors out there somewhere. So ABC Motors has always had a strong company culture and team environment. Since COVID-19, their positive culture has deteriorated due to layoffs, people working from home, not being able to host team building events and general concerns about job security. How does ABC Motors reconstruct their positive company culture this year? There are three strategies to go with this. We're looking for a communication strategy, an operations slash process strategy, and a individual growth and training strategy. So guys, I'll give you guys about five minutes to uh, make some notes. Feel free if you want to, to talk among yourselves and then we'll get straight into today's conversation. All right, guys, time's up. All right, I'm excited to see what you guys have to say. So we will dive right into it with our first is communication strategy. Uh, Raj, I'm going to start from your side of the table and work our way around. As far as communication goes, Raj, how does ABC Motors reconstruct and develop out a better positive company culture going into this year, knowing that they've had a pretty rough time the last year? So always be on the know. Um, one of the things that I, uh, I recommend is uh, just having a webinar, you know, connecting with your, with your people, you know, in the daily briefings. Uh, just kind of update everybody what's, what's going on, what are some of the strategies that, you know, is going to take place. Um, and also, you know, sending, sending out emails to clients as well to let them know what we're doing, what are the necessary steps that we're doing to, uh, to ensure our staff and our, our customer safety as well. Cool. Thank you. Um, Neil, I'll go ahead and... We'll, let, we'll go around and kind of get everyone to get their initial thought out, and then we will kind of discuss among each other, push back and forth, and come up with a solid strategy for anybody that's out there watching and listening right now. So, Neil, you're up. Um, from a communication standpoint, if, if uh, we're still in the same situation um, and, and we're working from home, um, daily video meetings, I agree, um, I think is imperative. Um, I, I call it a drop-off morality box. So uh, in that box every day, uh, you present it to your team uh, with inspirational notes, uh, uh, dealership uh, protocols, uh, and uh, new things that we're following up with. Uh, morning uh, morning follow-up, emails, uh, text messages to customers, 
communication is, uh, I think it's very, very important. Um, I remember you, uh, in our panel discussion yesterday, we talked about, uh, I believe it was Brendan and John were both talking about, uh, uh, you know, videos with customers and follow-up text messages with customers. So keep it simple. Keep, keep the communication simple because it's the most effective way. Awesome. Thank you, Neil. Yeah. Mr. Absolutely. Dan Liska? Yeah, so I, I, I couldn't agree uh, more with Neil on keeping the communication simple. Uh, the video follow-up I think is really important for the client communication just because the number one reason our clients aren't getting back to us right now is they don't realize we're human. So just seeing that face there is really, really important. But probably the more important side of the communication strategy, I think, would be injecting that empathy that you were talking about uh, into the one-on-one -on -one meetings that we're having all the time. Because I think that we fall into the trap of 100% of the time being spent on are you meeting the company's objectives as an employee? And I think we really need to start to focus those one-on-ones on are we as a company meeting your needs as an employee and as a human? Um, and I think it's very fair to spend, you know, 5% of the month on that to make sure that, as you said, Raj, uh, we're not getting surprised by anything bubbling up that maybe we weren't inviting a conversation around. Thanks, Dan. Mr. Ralph Sherman, what you got there? Well, I had three guys make some great points before me, so um, not a ton to add to what they've already agree with everything they've said to this point. Um, I think I would just, you know, more want to lay out exactly two scenarios as far as communication strategy. What's our communication strategy with customers? What's our communication strategy with staff? And I think there are two different planes right now. Our communication with customers would be more on a video mission or a text mission or um, a path to go down because we're working remotely. And more of, as Neil mentioned yesterday, and, and I really like that, more of a daily manager meeting one-on-one -on -one and you know, what's your challenges and what have you seen with your staff today so that we can bring the information back or get the information up to the level that it needs to go so we can fix it from the top down. Yeah, and, and you know what, just to build on what Ralph's saying there, I think the key part of you know, what you're saying on the two different strategies, uh, client and staff, is just earlier, way earlier communication with the customers. We're not getting price shopped all the time. You're creating that bond of joint discovery with them as the initial person to help them figure out that they have the problem. and. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, overall, I just think that having technology start to open up those conversations before, and we got to redefine where that initial point of contact starts. Uh, we we got to start that contact in their cell phone, as opposed to expect that they're going to say, I want to be contacted. Would that be more of a... Uh assertive way of doing it in terms of on a daily standpoint because I, I like what Ralph saying you know having the two strategies you know having four employees is perfect right because you, you separate the entities but it still works as one for the customer do you tackle them daily do you tackle them monthly would so it, it depends on the action the customer took if the customer took a passive research action like they couldn't get information that they should have otherwise been able to get like uh, you know uh, an inquiry like give me price information we don't have the right to follow up on that relentlessly but we do have the obligation to follow up on it right away whereas for something like a trade-in or a credit some they they're basically putting up their hand and saying I don't know I don't know what my trade is worth. I don't know if I could get approved. So in that situation, yes, we got to follow up right away, but we also have much more of a right to follow up pretty, pretty assertively over, let's say, the next 10 or 12 days because we can actually help them 
I can get you approved, I want to buy your car, all that fun stuff. So I think we just got to look at how the leads are coming in and what action did the buyer take. Yeah, I, you guys have a couple points here, and a few things I want to bring up was, and, and you guys started to talk about it, was frequency of communication, right? You know, um, I, I love how all of you guys agree, kind of the form of communication with staff and with customers should be kind of the form of a video. Uh, I, and I, I agree with that. I mean, look, from just black and white text, I don't know if I can necessarily, you know, see or really feel your intent to want to serve me as a customer or serve me as an employee. So if, I, if I'm seeing you on video, I can connect with those eyes, I can see that body language, and I can truly say, like, there, there's an authentic message here. This is not just a marketing message that was typed up and then emailed out to everybody. So I'm totally with you guys on, on the video side. My, my, my question is, is kind of the, the frequency of that message. That's one part, and we can break this down both in employees and customers, and then what is the content? Because I think there's a lot of people out there that's watching and listening right now going, hey, I, I dig that. I could totally do a video, you know, for my staff or for my employees, you know, to try to help build up morale and maintain culture. But what's in that video? So, um, you know what, Raj, I'll, I'll start with you and kind of move you guys around. Then you guys can kind of bounce back and forth. So two parts here. Frequency and what is the content in that video that you guys would send out? So frequency could be like, you know, every, every, every day, right? On um, staff or with customers? Yeah, 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 just to, I mean, I wouldn't say every day for, for, for customers, uh, but generally for staff, because you want to be able to feel like you're coming to a place where, you know, everything is taken care of, everything is safe, right? Because not a lot of people want to come in if it's not properly, uh, you know, sanitized or whatever, right? Even customers, too. Um, yeah, I think I tend to agree with that as well. Like, if from a frequency standpoint for staff, that it, it's, imper it's imperative that it happens uh, daily. Uh, and, you know, I would do it, I would do uh, in the morning and then recoup prior to, uh, to closing. With the customer, I think on a daily basis, it may be too, too draining uh, because if it's, it's just like anything, right? It looks like, a, it, it looks like a sales call, right? Like, okay, we're telling you what we're doing, but we're telling you the same thing the next day. You know, I'd rather try to keep it uh, very, very uh, like broad. Like I would say like every, every few weeks, because if nothing's changed in terms of, you know, uh, policy, once every few weeks is fine, because if you bombard them way too much, the annoyance will start. Yeah, and, and to build on that, um, I would say video is a good tool. Video is a tool that a lot of dealers are underusing right now, but video is so far from the only tool that is being underused right now. And to both of your points, if we hit them with video every day, absolutely, that is too much. But as we start to look at text, email, it's a thing. We just, a lot of, email, uh, a lot of people email improperly, and then we think that email doesn't work. Um, but if we start to look at the right objectives of our different communication activity types, so what's the purpose of a call? It's to have control. What's the purpose of an email? It's to give information. What's the purpose of a text? It's to receive a response. And what's the purpose of a video? We're getting a lot of goals out there. It's to show humanity and educate people. So point is, we, we absolutely can be communicating with customers every day. I think we need to be communicating with them every day, but it can't be a video every day, otherwise, we're going to hit that annoyance. You know, I actually, I, I, I think we can. 
I actually, I, I got an idea. I've asked, I had this in my head for a little while. I've talked to a few dealerships about it and you know, yet, yet to find someone to execute on this. So if anybody out there watching listen and executes on this, please call me. Um, but I, I think our website is kind of our, our big touch point for our, our customers, right? And would it be really that difficult to upload a new video to the homepage of our site? 100%. And you know, I'm almost kind of in my head thinking the staff comes in, all right, they, um, someone mentioned about sanitizing and getting the place ready, right? Like the lights come on, the staff comes in, we spray down the stuff, all right? We get the air guns ready, and then you know, a manager comes out. It is, it is February 2nd, I am the GM of ABC Motors, we're ready for you. That's it, like a one-liner, almost a one-liner you use every single day, but bam, that is the video that goes on to that homepage every single day. Do you think, how impactful I'd, do you think I'd, something I'd like love that? to say yes to that. I mean, I, I, I really would, but I mean, if we're talking about strategy and I'm putting myself in a dealer principal shoes, there's gotta be better bang for your buck. We talked about personalization at scale kind of thing, and I think that there's probably a way that we could achieve the same benefits of that daily video by not having to shoot a video every single day if, if that makes sense. I think putting in a website and, uh, and just showcasing like, you know, what we do, what are some of the necessary steps that we can take for the customers to feel safe? Because if you feel safe, you're spending money. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I do definitely think there's an opportunity for daily videos, but it, it would probably be more on a personal one-to-one -one level as opposed to a one-to-many dealership front page of the, of the dealership. Because that takes commitment too. Well, I see that. But I, I think that says a lot, though, right? I mean, look. Yeah. The, I mean, like, holy crap! That did that guy just say today's date in that mm. video? So you know, I mean, look. I'm talking about doing something from the phone. I'm not talking about doing a production piece along those lines. But I, I think, a, I, I think someone out there that could do a daily video check-in, saying, "Hey, we're ready to serve you today. Well, come on in." You know, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think time that it could take. Look, I think the first few times you do it, you know, it's like riding a bike. It's going to suck. And, you know, it might take you 30, 40 minutes to do the first one. But I think you can get to the point where it's like you're popping these things out in two and a half minutes, three and a half minutes when you walk into the dealership, right? I totally agree that you could make the content that quick. It's just if there's one thing I, I know about dealers, it's that you got to make the process simple and it's got to fit into their existing process and how they work at the dealership already kind of thing, you know? Um, so I, I, I totally agree. If it was just a matter of, uh, shooting that video, posting it on the social media account, like no big deal, we're two and a half minutes. But the second we get into putting it on the front page of the home page, we got to make sure the content's getting screened by the right people. Uh, we got to get it over to the web provider, make sure that it's done accurately and quickly. I mean, I, I could see a lot of dealers it being 1.30, 2 p.m. in the afternoon by the time they got their 9 a.m. video up. If, That's true. That's you, know. true. You, also don't wanna, you also have to be mindful of the bounce rate as well too, right? Because you don't want people to just, you know, there's a video just pops up and then, you know, they leave the website. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't mean to be devil's advocate. No, I think no, we're going no. for real good goals here. I just think that there's probably a more cost-effective, scalable way to achieve that goal without manually signing ourselves up for work every morning. To pick up on everybody's point, would it be beneficial if it wasn't the dealer principal or the owner, but the actual employees doing the, do, doing the video to show more effectiveness, the one-on-one? -on -one? I think that will always have more effectiveness when you can show people in the trenches, when you can show voice of customer as opposed to a salesperson saying we're the best. Uh, that great fundamental that's always true. And guys, look at the end of the day. The goal here is to you know, kind of reconstruct that, that, that culture. 
which plays both on the customer side and then of course on the um, on the staff side. So with with the staff then, all right, what is that daily check-in? What, what should that look like? You know, I think there's probably a lot of managers or general managers, even owners that are listening to that and agreeing that that'd be really cool. I should be doing a daily video check-in, you know, with my staff. What is the content of that video? What would you guys say? Ralph, I'll start with you and I'll work my way around. Um, well, as I mentioned, ours is more of a, um, a face-to-face strategy. And it doesn't matter which dealership I walk into. It comes from the back of the dealership. It doesn't have to be an in-depth conversation. Um, sometimes it's just a presentation that, good morning, how are you? Is there anything I can do for you today? Most of the technicians are often working and living their normal life in the back shop other than wearing their masks in and out of the cars and stuff like that. Um, salespeople as they rotate through the day. Um, it's just a matter of, for most of the time, it's just getting out of your office and getting in front of the staff. And then I'm lucky enough that our HR controller, we divide and conquer, so upstairs staff, she basically sends, she runs through and, and I run the downstairs staff and then when I run upstairs, we kind of flip roles. And what we find is what they won't tell mom, they might tell dad or vice versa. So <laughs> I like yeah. that, it's a good one. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's worked over the last six months for us and we're just gonna, I think that for us, that's a, you know, we only have about 80 employees between the two stores. So it's, it's very manageable to say good morning or good night to 80 people. It's, it's not that much time out of your day yeah. to communicate. Yeah. Dan, Dan, for yourself, what, what would you kind of add to that, that video message from ownership down? Yeah, well, I mean, the, f- the first thing I'd say is don't think that video has to be complicated. Like, it's as simple as calling your employee on FaceTime instead of the phone, you know? Um, just, to, just, just to have that same exact connection. Um, but, the, but the biggest thing that, that I would say um, for the communication is hold, how are we positively holding them accountable every day? And it could be accountable to anything. If you decide that, you know, that, that daily video is your process, that, that's great. How do you hold them accountable to that? If you decide that your daily cadence is you have to make this many activities or put this many results on the board, just how do you hold them accountable? And beating people up is not the same as holding people accountable. It's a matter of uh, when you get that daily cadence going with a rep, hey, what's your plan today? Great. Good luck with that. Do you need anything from me? Let's keep it positive so they have a great day. And they got to know that the same thing is coming next morning. And if they hit it, great, let's hit it again. And if they don't hit it, great, you're still awesome. What can we do differently today, you know? And that's so key. I mean, look, we're, we're, positivity has to be a big, big part of the message we're putting in here. I mean, look, if you're looking at this dealership's, you know, scenario, look, there's layoffs that are going on or, you know, maybe rolling layoffs in some cases. You know, there hasn't been any team building events because just social distancing, you know, no axe throwing or anything like that. Team building events going on here. And then I just, you know, it's overall job security. This, I, can, I can see this dealership. I know this dealership. At the fact, I've been in this dealership before where you talk to some of the sales team out there. They're seriously concerned. They, they don't know, you know, I mean, they're looking outside and they have a quarter of what their normal inventory is. You know, are they going to have a job in the next few months? Um, Neil, you mentioned something earlier I wanted to highlight because you, you went over it kind of quickly, but it sounded cool. 
it, it was something about a, about a communication box? Or? Morality box. A morality box. Can you please uh, elaborate on that because that sounds neat. Yeah, so a morality box is pretty much, uh, it's like Pandora's box, right? So you have a little box and in there you put inspirational quotes. It's like a safety blanket, you know, uh, that everything's going to be okay. This is, the, this is our target for today, is based on this quote. The challenges for today will be the challenges for today. Uh, you know, you talk about uh, just making the employee feel in that box, like you would have a few things, like, like okay, here, here's, a, here's a tea bag, here's a, here's a gift card for uh, Tim Hortons uh, for you know, $5 for coffee. It changes the mindset, right? It gets them away from saying, oh my God, what's going on in today's world? And more the fact that, wow, you've taken the time to put an inspirational quote and that starts a conversation and that builds morale and that keeps, keeps everybody at ease. And when you have everybody at bay, it makes it a little bit easier for productivity, right? If you, the only way you can calm people is to make sure that they, of course, are aware of what's going on, but make them unaware of that and focus on what we need to achieve today. And it doesn't have to be, like you said, you know, you can sell, Okay, you didn't reach it. Okay, how can we do to help you? What, what are the other things that we can execute? So what is that main thing that you've mentioned? It's the listening. It's the changing of the mindset. It's telling your story, right? And that's what it all comes back to, right? It comes back to keeping morale strong is very, very easy. It's just comforting words to achieve what you need to today. Forget about what's happening in the uncertainty of the daily routine on the outside focus on the inside. So it's pretty much you're becoming, like you say, you don't want to tell mom, you don't want to tell dad, you become parents. That's exactly what you become. That's, so that's very you cool. Have to, I agree totally what I said. You have to deliver a consistent message, yeah. right? Mm, that whatever your focus is, that has to be daily. You know, our focus is, if it's CSI, it goes out every single morning. So everybody gets to look at it, not on the 28th day and go, by the way, you're missing your target and you got two days to fix it, right? So that walk through every day or that video conference every day or whatever it is that you have to hold yourself accountable. Yeah. If there's one thing that, you know, kills culture on a sales team, when we are trying to hold accountability, it's selective inspection, you know, just random. I'm going to check you now. Cause <laughs> I think that the building's on fire. So, yeah. you know, like we got to be proactive and data driven. Treat your employees. I know this is going to sound wrong, like CSI reviews but on, like you said, daily basis, but do it differently with more of the empathy, more of the compassion, rather than, like you said, well, you didn't reach this, you didn't reach this. People have too much stress already as it is. Um, I love the fact that you, you, you use the word empathy because a handful of you guys used empathy kind of in the communication strategy. Um, look, I don't think anybody out there would disagree with us, you know, that empathy needs to be a part of that communication, but I'll be the first to admit that my EQ is not overly high and my first kind of gut reaction is not necessarily empathy. <laughs> like I'm getting better at it, like I am. But so, so then I think this kind of falls into kind of our operations strategy, you know, because it's, it's a process. So, you know, Ralph, I'm gonna start with you and then we'll work our way around the table over to Raj. Um, kind of a, what do you, developing an operations strategy all right, for you know, ABC Motors it needs to reconstruct their positive company culture. You know, it's 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 a little rough right now. Everyone's a little on edge. How do you how do you make sure that's built into the operational or process efforts? I think um, 
it's no different than what we've already gone through. Um, and Neil mentioned it yesterday. It's a daily. It's not a. It's not a strategy that you can set for. Yeah, I mean, you have to set a long-term goal, but it, it's one that continually changes. What is open today could be closed tomorrow. Um, you know, it, it, it's so quick to react that you can't say, okay, I'm going to set a goal for six months from now. I need to set those goals, those operational strategies. Let's set them for a week, but let's shift them as they shift, right? Like I said, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, you could go from an orange zone to a red zone, and away you go, right? And that changes the entire culture, not only of your dealership, but of your customers. Uh, yeah, it, it just leaves a lot of open questions. People are just, there's that uncertainty, and because of that uncertainty, it, is, it can be difficult to consistently breed positivity into that culture. Um, Dan, what would you like to add to that? Yeah, uh, difficulty is high, that's for sure. Um, and I want to preface that, so I'm at least softening the blow of maybe being the least popular guy in the room after this statement. Um, but I really think that we need to zoom out and we're kind of looking at trees and we need to look at the forest. Like I've heard a couple times now, well, you know, this could happen and this could happen and this could happen. So we can't really plan too far out. And I totally agree with that logic. But I think if that is our logic, really what we're talking about is tactics there. And we need to be talking about a strategy, a long-term strategy that is within our control, acknowledging that there are a lot of forces at play right now that are outside of our control. And the biggest thing I'd be saying for strategy would be we need to future-proof ABC Motors so that if this ground shifts, if this ground shifts, we're, we're still good to go, we're still good to operate um, by kind of leaning into, okay, what are those highly difficult decisions, choices, processes that we need to implement and do that before another you know tectonic shift happens ground opens up and we got a pandemic without all the support from you know uncle government kind of thing so no i think i i think both people have said very credible stuff i think it's important that from an operational standpoint one word honesty you got to keep it honest you cannot infiltrate misleading information it's good to be empathetic it's good to have good strategy in terms of communication, but you've got to be honest in it. As much as it hurts, because of everything that's going on, we can't lose sight of it. Because if we're too comfortable, we lose sight of the reality, right? So honesty for an operational standpoint is imperative. I think forecasts are gone down the drain now. I, I think everybody will agree there's no such thing now as monthly targets and yearly targets and year to end. Don't need all that. I would say it's just a daily understanding. You know, you have that in play, it makes it easier. I think Jason also tar uh, targeted is something very, very important. Customers, if we put employees on the standpoint for a second, employees are based on face-to-face -face management, face-to-face -face conversation. But if you look from a customer standpoint, website, it's important, right? But you keep the message honest, right? From an operational standpoint, that's what everybody looks at first, Facebook or this or what have you. I think if you, if, if you try, to, try to cut down the fat, but still leave a little bit on it so that it, it tells people that, okay, look, we have something in place. This is what we're going to do. Like you said, we can change in, in a split second, but these are the things that we're gonna do today. It's tough, it's not gonna be easy, 
And let's, let's be honest, any decisions that we make for ABC Motors is never going to be easy. And there's not everybody's going to agree with us. But we have to strategize in terms of what could be best for now. So what we do today will be best for today. It won't be best for tomorrow. Tomorrow is another structure. Yeah, and, and that's where, you know, I, 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 I got to push back. We got to think about if, if we're running ABC Motors, we got a lot of people to take care of. We got to think about today and tomorrow. We can't just think about tomorrow. We can't just think about today. It's got to be, and that I think is the challenge with COVID right now. Everyone is struggling to think of both a short-term, str uh, a strategy that works for both the short-term and the long-term, you know? So what about same um, as, as, as um, you know, we have a two-measure thing with employees and customers. What about an operation strategy that is two-tiered, right? There's going to be your top set that's going to be your long-term builders and there's going to be because without the employees daily change and making sure that um, they feel safe and comfortable they become part of the long-term plan without knowing what the long-term plan is. Yeah, and, and I think those two tiers are probably, you know, strategy and tactics. And, and if the strategy might be future-proofing our business, and an example of that might be, you know, we need to be able to desk a deal whether or not we're shut down or not. That, that's the strategy. And then the tactic might be, well, if we're able to do it in the showroom, like we're good to go as is, but are you able to desk a deal uh, even if we're selling from home right now. If not, let's just take a look at it, you know? And I think if we can get to the point where we can desk a deal at home, even if we're allowed to show up into the office, correct me if I'm wrong, we're good, right? Also flexibility to just, uh, just have an open conversation with your staff as well to see if there's any other, you know, things that we can implement as a team, right? Because we rise the team, we follow the team as well. Yeah, one of the most important questions we got to just go out and ask the team right now, where do we suck right now? Mm. We, have, we, we have to play each position. Yeah. It's, it, you've yes. got to play each position. You can't, and, 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 and it agrees with everybody on this panel, um, is, is the fact that you have to play offense, but you have to play defense, but you've got to protect the net as well, right? So it's not like, okay, you're going to do A, you're going to do B, you're going to do C. No, we've got to do A, B, C all at once. Yeah, and, and you know, to kind of pile on to what you were, you were saying there about forecasts out the window, right? Forecasts out the window, yes, but goals, I don't know that we can throw goals out the window. I think we need to reshape how we look at goals and take it down from this like insurmountable, you got to hit this quarterly target, hit this monthly target, and look at how do teams win championships. They do it by defining a process and show me a coach who's won the Stanley Cup that doesn't say focus on the process and the results will come. Right, And so if we create our goals around what we know the right daily process is, and hey, you know what, whatever results you get from that, we know you're trying your hardest, you know we got your back, you know, I think there's probably a positive way we can still have goals. I think fundamentally shifting the way that we sell, the way that we service, the way that we market, and being very open and team-based in the development of that can help the kind of the, increase the positivity of you know, of the operations. I'm, I'm finding right now that I think there's too many salespeople out there or, or too, many, too many staff members in general that are just looking at, you know, their, the business that they work in and saying, nothing's changing. It's like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of dealerships out there that are just kind of holding their breath and waiting for something to get back to normal. But then I think the most proactive dealerships out there are going, no, this is just the way it is. 
all right, let's take the time, even if it is slow, or we don't have enough maybe inventory or whatever the situation is, all right, let's push our operational efforts forward. And I think that gets everyone kind of excited and I think it gets the staff excited. I mean, you know, I love the fact that you brought up the website because I think too often I go on dealerships websites and it feels like nothing's changed. Like it's like, you know, it's this, the site looks the same that it did two years ago as it does today. And I don't necessarily, that's a great message. Um, Raj, would, was there anything that you'd like to kind of add to, um, you know, how, how do we structure, you know, that, that empathy with in our operations, that's where I want to go. Uh, I mean, all of, all of us, we had, uh, uh, you know, great points, but I just, I just want, you know, the dealer principals or, or whoever in a management to just make sure that, you know, people are happy with what they're doing and people are understanding that, you know what, we, we're, we're gonna, we're in a hole together and we're gonna come out of it. So just making sure everybody's in the same page and feed the positivity as much as you can. And that's what you would expect from your dealer, right? 100%. Cool. Hey, guys, I think that was, I, I, I think we added some great value to how ABC Motors can kind of, from an operations perspective, and, and everyone, I think we're all kind of in agreement here. It's, it's uh, to Dan's uh, usage, the future-proofing, you know, kind of is the operational strategy that gets our customers excited, gets our staff excited, and can help bring that positive company culture back because you actually feel like you're moving somewhere versus just standing still and holding your breath and just wishing some hope for something to change or go back to normal or a, a vaccine or whatever. <laughs> all right. Um, this, all right. Our next one, I think this is a pretty cool one because again, I, I, I feel like as an industry, we've fallen off this for the last nine months. Again, it's one of those things, kind of like our marketing efforts, we put pause on a lot, is the growth and training and development of our team. So, you know, guys, again, using from this scenario, um, Raj, I'll start with you and work our way around. We're looking to reconstruct their, po their positive company culture. They're it's a little stressful right now. What type of growth and training strategies, Raj, would you like to see here at ABC Motors? So in the first, uh, first time we went, when we were locked down, um, when I was with Scarborough Kia, everybody were home. And there's, there's certain things that our sale, uh, general sales manager, Dominic, had implemented was that somebody take on you know, learning skills, right? So whether it's woodworking, just the ability to grow, because we had all this time off. How are you developing yourself, right? So if we can do that, and obviously through training and stuff and, and, and you know, Try to try to see if there's any values you can build in your dealership. That would be that would be quite cool. You know, I like that. I like uh, hey, just get the mind going. Yeah. keep it strong. Just do something keep it, different. Keep it sharp. Right? Try to like learn something different. Anything. Yeah, Neil, would you like to add to that? Um, you know, I, I think I think Ralph said it yesterday where we were talking about that you have over, uh, and I apologize, right, in advance, uh, that you have 40 years of experience, right? You started at the age of 15, if I recall correctly. That's what we need to tap into. You are our training. You are our training. You are our training. That's, you know, we talk about staff training. Like, how are we going to produce, like, you know, like the manufacturer will send you a webinar. Okay, I'm going to sit in front of my computer. By the way, do you have the answers? Because I, I can't do this now, right? So I, I, I'm tired. I, I want to go for a, I want to go for a smoke break or I, I, I don't feel motivated, right? Your 40 years experience, the experience that are on this panel, that's what we need to tap into. I need to learn, you know what, I would take a day and I, if I was working with Ralph, I would be, 
So Ralph, when you started at 15, tell me about how your first five years of the business was. What did you learn? What did you fail on? That is what we need to do. And I think dealerships are not doing that enough right now because we're all looking at, okay, we have to try to find a program now to help us with COVID. We have to try to program now to help us with our customers. We are the program. Yeah. We need to take that incentive to be like, okay, this is exactly what we're going to do. This is how we're going to achieve it. That's the experience that I would rely on in terms of any type of growth training strategy. Yeah, and I'm uh, so the goal, 100% right. I'm, I'm going to get uh, super tactical with this and talk about three ways that we got to put that into place. Because I think if it was as easy as let's take what's in here and hit copy and paste, uh, I mean, training wouldn't be such a challenge, right? Like we, we heard from a, a really renowned sales trainer yesterday that said, hey, you know, built a bunch of online material and it's kind of sat there on the shelf. And it's because knowledge transfer is a tough thing. In order to get someone to retain a message, you got to tell someone what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. And so from a tactical perspective, like we need to actually define what that training looks like. We need to define we're going to sit in a class and we're going to discuss the theory of what that automotive process was 40 years ago and how the cheese has moved over the past 40 or past five years, not 40, right? Because it's changed more in the past five years than almost the, the 20 preceding years before it with the pace of technology. So the, we got to do the classroom style theory. Um, from there, you need to actually hold people accountable. You need to be listening to recorded calls with your sales reps. That is understanding what they sound like when you're not aware, or sorry, when they are not aware that they're being observed. And you also need to sit with them while they're making calls, while they're doing those meetings. And that's going to be their sales behavior while they know they're being observed. And if you see differences between those behaviors, you got to have a conversation around, well, you do this when you're observed, you do this when you're not observed. And then finally, you also have to, and this is really the third part of that, that tactical, how we need to roll out that knowledge transfer. We need to set the expectations that they need to be active participants in their own coaching. So the expectation is you're going to bring me X calls that we can coach over this period of time, but I won't coach a call unless you've already marked it up kind of thing. We need their participation. Uh, so I think that's really important tactically. And then the other super tactical thing that I think is important just for getting the right mindset for our team around all this is you got to understand someone's why. You know, we've talked for the past couple days about you can't make a sale without solving a problem for someone. And that is exactly what we're doing as leaders at ABC Motors is we're solving all our employees' problems. So if we're trying to motivate people by being like, you know, hit this target, hit this target, hit this target, we're never going anywhere. If you sit down and go, what are you in this for? You know, how are you trying to improve your quality of life? Is it you want a, a family that loves and respects you? You want to upgrade your home? You want a, you want a cottage in Rosso? Um, whatever it is, you need to be able to say this daily bread goal done with consistency is what equals your cottage in Rosso. It's it, like it's find it, your purpose. basically. Yeah, it's, it's got to be. We got to understand every one of our staff's why. And that is what we hold them accountable to and why we get them to focus on the process. Well, that creates that positivity, which clearly that, you know, ABC Motors is struggling with right now, right? Again, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the operations, it's, it's, it's giving direction. You know, I think too often with our training efforts in our industry, we, uh, we, we train on the activities, you know, and uh, we sometimes maybe, you know, develop out the efforts and very seldom do we get to a coaching element. 
which I think has that has that what's the why, what's in it for you, and this is why we this is why you know we're asking you to continue to push a bit harder because that's what your why is. Ralph, what else would you like to add, add to that? I guess it, what I've been thinking about the most is, and we we were talking last just a few minutes ago about goals and, and forecasts and sales targets, but maybe we should shift to more of what our actual goal is then. What, what is our goal for training? What is our, and, and, and we know we, we've been talking about sales. Um, it seems like we forgot we have parts and service that needs training too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's bringing the whole dealership in for training as opposed to, and let's face facts, I spent my entire life in the back watching that them go for training and watching them and then it became them, 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 the salespeople, they go for training. Mm-hmm. Not Frank's going for training or Bill. Um, so I think when you develop a training strategy, you have to have it for everyone, right? Everyone to be involved. You want the team to move forward. The team just isn't in the front. The team is through the whole dealership. And that's where you got to set your goal. So what, what do you want out of your training? Do you want more productivity? Do you want, because if we're not selling cars in the front either, they're not fixing cars in the back, right? That's the the reality so well, it's, a, it's a really <laughs> they, really they good feel point. it too right they're not making their fly rate hours so um, and the advisors are you know hey, you're an advisor there you go you took the the four online courses you're good now That's right, right? <laughs> certified <laughs> yeah we get we really got to define that That's success right. so yeah. that the team doesn't feel like the the net is moving around on them as they shoot no I, I think that's actually really cool Ralph I mean I like that I mean you know uh, when we typically do training and development and coaching, we do focus on it on a per department level, but we have to you know, continue to go back to you know, what is the ultimate goal here is this positive company culture. And you know, culture is not a department thing. It's an entire dealership thing. So actually, I want to elaborate a bit more on that. And Raj, I'll kind of start with you and we'll work our way kind of back to Ralph, because I think it's a great idea. Now, now what does that look like? Let's say okay, I, I just got this text message from my boss. We're going to be doing this dealership-wide, you know, kind of uh, growth and training session, you know, as, 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 a t- as an entire dealership. What does that content during those sessions or time look like? Or what would you think it would look like? Raj, I'll start with you. Don't work all the way around. It's about, it's about the growth of the dealership, uh, growth personally as well. Um, what are you learning? What do you, uh, you know, what you can put? Um, and the ability to understand what, where, where are we going, right? What's our goal, our vision is, and... Uh, how do we move as a collective move? team? Collective team. Okay, gotcha. Right? Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think the content of it should be, once again, keeping it simple, right? And it should be of, uh, these are the achievements that we would like to go. This is where we think we could go. This is where we're gonna fail. Uh, and this is how we're gonna improve. I think if you, if you categorize it like that, it makes the content a little bit easier because then it tells the employee that it's not just pure positive. You need to have a positive culture. Undoubtedly, you need it. But you also have to have some form of the reality a little bit put into it so it balances it out, right? You give the comfort, you show what you can achieve, and you say, look, if we don't achieve this, this is how we're going to do it. Then the tactical aspects come in, which I 100% agree with you. Um, I also feel, and, and, and Ralph, you brought up a very good point. You're absolutely right. Service and parts are pretty much forgotten. 
even oh, to the fact our dealership structure like islands or silos like right? the detailers so. or the lot intendants i mean nobody spends the time to tell them because we're so focused on management sales management sales but we don't realize that it's it's they're the ones that fuel us right and we need to fuel them so if you keep telling the positive message with the honest message with the reality message and where we're going to improve upon failure we'll be all right yeah and i mean if if we're talking about content from my perspective uh, i i kind of always come back to crawl walk run um, and I think that we do need to talk about the ties that bind us between departments because that sales and service problem isn't going anywhere. It is siloed. It is islands. We need to build bridges, not barriers kind of thing. So the overall message that everyone needs to understand in the company is solve a problem. What's that life event? How are we talking to people? It's not do you want to come in today or tomorrow. It's can I help you with that? Hey, have I earned the right for you to come down here kind of thing? Service advisor standing in front of you, you know, hey, do you mind if I ask, would, would this be helpful? Because the last five customers I spoke with that had that problem found this helpful as opposed to, oh, it'll cost this much. I am a robot, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that, so that's, kind of the, um, uh, that's kind of the common meeting that we need to have in order to set the cultural expectations that are going to permeate throughout everyone on the team. And then we need to split off into groups because we can't think that just that culture and just that strategy is going to give them the tactical know-how to be able to execute right away. So we got to go team specific with the meetings after that, talk about those best practices, and it can't go in one ear, out the other, and then they've forgotten about 50% of it four days later. We need to give them things that they can touch and hold. I like that. Ralph, to kind of, how would you kind of wrap that up, you know, as far as the content that would go into the team, the entire dealership um, growth and training session? To be quite honest, I think it, it like I said, and again, going back to my roots, um, worked at many dealerships where GMs or dealer principals weren't involved with the whole dealership. Mm -hmm. Their focus was, let's sell cars, let's move metal. Those guys take care of themselves. Um, so as far as a training aspect goes, it has to start with your DP, your GM, being involved with everyone in your staff. Because once you get that, that, oh, they do care, or they did stop by, they're more willing to do the training portion. They're more willing to show you what they've done. And, and that's a lot of what humans are. You know, pat me on the back, that's all I need. So if you're gonna develop a strategy, it starts with you being involved. And I think so many times we say, so, you know, we're gonna bring in Jason or somebody to train, and then we're not gonna be involved. Yeah. And they're gonna say, how was it when it was done, guys? And, it, and for me, that overall development strategy yeah, it's a lot of time and it's, it's, you have a lot of staff, but you have to be there. You have to show that it's important to you so it becomes important to them. And that's, if you want that focus, that's where you got to put it. For sure. Awesome. I just want to add to that. Do you guys ever find that in your dealerships, um, and I'm talking from a generic standpoint, we talk about training, we talk about growth, we talk about positivity. But don't you find that sometimes the dealer principal or the GM would be like, okay, listen, You've got 25 minutes to do what you need to do, and then we've got to get back to work. Doesn't that lose some of that culture of saying like, okay, it's just one and done. Okay, listen, you've got 25 minutes talking to me about everything you know, Dan, but uh, I want to know exactly what you're talking about tactical in 25 minutes. Ralph, I need to know exactly the sales forecast for today in 25 minutes, and by the way, motivate everybody because we've got customers coming in at 8.30. 
Raj, listen, you know, like uh, we, we have a few appointments today. Uh, you, you got 14 minutes. I, I find that we time everything. You know, I find that dealerships will always time and that's where we lose the growth and that's where the strategy is lost because there's no leadership then. It's just, you got 30 minutes, do your thing and then you forget about it, right? The motivation is lost. You said it's very hard to do. Leadership is very, very tough. But the fact is, that is what, I mean, from a generic standpoint, that's what I see, right? And it's unmotivating to the employee. Customers don't see it. You know, customers don't see it. But the employees see it. The employees are like, well, they just don't care. They just spent 30 minutes talking to them about this and then just yelled at us afterwards saying, get back to work. You know, like I think that's the symptom of what we see when, yeah, that's exactly what happens when, as, as Ralph said, the DP or the GM isn't leading from the front on it. If they're do, if, if, put it this way, the impression that I would get if I was a staff member looking at someone setting those training expectations is this does not matter, just, you know, go on your phone for 30 minutes while the training's going on and then go back to your desk, do whatever you were doing before the training. Yeah. Guys, I think, um, I think we've done a great job helping out ABC Motors with this, and we've reviewed their communication strategy, uh, both at a, a staff level and a customer level. We're all in agreement of you know, video is the message because we can actually show and we can show from our body language and our eyes and our tonality, our, our empathy. Um, I love the fact that we're in a little bit of disagreements on the frequency of that. I think that's cool because I think everyone will find their medium out there. So that's awesome. Uh, on the operation side, you know, I think we did a great job of kind of covering of like kind of how we, how we, how we kind of build empathy into our processes, you know, and from an operation side of just, you know, always moving forward is the strategy to maintain the positive, you know, culture or, recon or reconnect that positive culture. And then from the growth and training, I, I love the fact that, you know, we've said, look, if we're going to try to help this dealership create a better culture, then it's the creating the bridges between the departments and stop looking at training at a silo type level, which we, we do is to really kind of how do we how do we train the entire dealership? Guys, this has been a great session. Thank you so much for your guys' time. I really appreciate everybody out there that's watching and listening. This has been a lot of fun, guys. Thank you.